What's up, guys? Welcome to another edition of the Clinical Mastermind Podcast. I am your host, Dan Pringle, and today I sit down with Brendan Power to discuss aligning clinical ambition with clinical expertise. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Clinical Mastermind Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Pringle. And today for you, I've got a conversation with uh, with a colleague of mine at Endeavor, a physiotherapist named Brendan Power. And he's been working at Endeavor for just over a year now and, uh, and has a really interesting story to tell. Uh, he grew up in Toronto here, uh, not too far from the clinic, but his journey actually took him to Scotland where he did his physiotherapy degree before returning home and starting his practice. And he encountered a lot of the same kind of challenges that most new physios do. He's a little bit closer to it than I am and can speak a little bit more intimately about his particular experience, but the same challenges with caseload sizes and amount of time per patient and not knowing any different about what's available out there and what might be the best environment and situation for you to practice and for you to help your patients. And uh, so he will share that story with us as we go along, the different pieces along the way uh, that influenced him and particularly how the McMaster Contemporary Acupuncture Course and then finding Endeavor was really instrumental in helping him uh, uncover a little bit more clarity for himself about what he values and in, in how he can influence the body and how his approach just in general to um, to his practice has shifted over the last year or two. And, uh, and I think you'll get a lot out of that perspective. My hope is that for each of you, there'll be some sort of resonance in his experience, but at the same time, uh, some optimism about the ability to apply um, you know, relatively uh, advanced techniques, understanding, an approach, uh, but also appreciate the complexity of the body without it being overwhelming. And I think his story really highlights how you can do that if you stick to the process and really work on uh, developing that over time. So I think you'll get a lot out of that in a lot of different ways. Um, I'm, I'm putting a lot more content out. I really want to encourage you guys to reach out uh, and join the uh, the Facebook page. Uh, you can find that uh, by searching the Clinical Mastermind on Facebook. Um, I also want you to visit the uh, the website, which is clinicalmastermind.com, and sign up for the mailing list. Uh, we're going to start to put out content pretty soon uh, through email and some offers, and I want you to be the first to access that. You can email me personally at dan at clinicalmastermind.com as well. Uh, make sure you're following me on Instagram at dpringle.physio, uh, on Twitter at dpringle underscore physio as well, and uh, and staying tuned to the various uh, podcast uh, apps that you're using to make sure that you're staying tuned every two weeks. We're putting a new one out. And uh, with that, please enjoy the podcast. All right. Well, so let's, let's get started. Um, I'm really glad to do this and to be, uh, to break your, uh, your, uh, your seal on the uh, on yeah. podcast. I'm sure you'll be doing a lot more after this. Eh? Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah. So what I want to start with is to kind of go a little bit back into your kind of story. Like how did you end up um, in physio and was it like a very clear moment where you decided it was right for you or what did that look like? Um, I've always been into sports growing up and lots of injuries in the past. I've had physio, uh, really good experiences with it, with the exercise based stuff. Um, and then, yeah, in university, I, there was always in my back of my mind that I wanted to do physio, but you did kin? I did kin, uh, kin at York. York. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I was there. Um, 
Yeah, no, I've, I've always been interested in the human body and stuff. So I knew I wanted to do something like that. There's thoughts of maybe even dentistry, but I kind of decided to go the physio route. Um, but yeah, I uh, started at York. I was there for five years. I did an extra year um, just because it's it was so difficult to get into school in Ontario. Um, so I decided to do an extra year and then I just applied everywhere and I ended up going away to Scotland. Yeah. And uh, I was there for two years to do my master's. And I, looking back now, like even even if I got into school in Ontario, then I, I would have, knowing what I know now, I would still have gone to, to Scotland to travel. Yeah, this that. is interesting. I've had this conversation with a couple different people, and we've had this conversation before. Yeah. Talk to me about, from what you know sort of now, why, what were the biggest differences between studying in Europe versus studying here, <laughs> or studying specifically in Scotland versus here? Um differences i mean from what i've been told from talking to like people that have studied here um in terms of the content it's pretty much the same it's just the way that they did the testing um here it's very much tailored to the exam um so over there it was a little bit more lenient it was all like verbal kind of exams and stuff and oskis but not to the same extent that the the exam was here so um, other than that, it was, it was pretty, pretty similar. I, I found. So then what's, so there really isn't that much of a difference other than just the exam approach? Yeah, yeah pretty much. Okay. I mean, they, they have a little bit more, I think on cardio rest things because here we have respiratory therapists over there. The physios would also do that job. So right. they, they need to kind of cover that area. But other than that, it's pretty much the same. They have, I think more placements, but for shorter periods of time. Okay. Um, but that's, that's to my knowledge. In terms of like the actual content within the program, one of the things that I've heard is that there's a little bit more kind of like exercise based focus over there than, than here. Really, to be honest, yeah. we don't get much in terms of exercise exposure in, in physio school. At least they didn't, um, you know, back when I was in school and in the several years thereafter. So I don't know if that was an emphasis for you guys. You know, it's funny. Um, the school that I went to, they, they, the course or the the classes related to like the manual therapy stuff it was great we were able to practice as much as we could um learned a ton of manual skills but when we went on placements we'd be learning these exercises and kind of um doing more exercise based stuff but in the school it was it was less about learning about specific exercises and learning about like i guess which muscles are global movers and that type of yeah, type of thing. Yeah. But yeah, in, in class, we actually did not learn any exercises. So that was probably the most challenging thing being in a placement. Mm -hmm. But and then coming back here, I was able to actually pick up skills, one for exercises to practice more manual skills and stuff like that. But yeah, over there, it's it's mainly one hospital based as well. So you're getting a ton of uh, ton of exercises and it, the system over there, it, it's totally different from here. Yeah. Um, the, the private sector here is so much more advanced. Um, over there, it's still like even the private sector, you're, it's just purely exercise based. A lot of it, what I've seen, but um, yeah. That's interesting. Um, you know, every place has its kind of different uh, focuses I, I know from you know in the u.s from state to state their practice is very different mm -hmm. uh, in, in regions you know centrally uh in, in canada it's different than other places as well and obviously in the uk and in europe and whenever i've traveled i've found that every approach is a little bit different yeah. so um i guess there are advantages and disadvantages uh, of learning somewhere else and then going into an environment that practices 
or approaches the body or approaches the industry, let's say, mm -hmm. very differently. So it's just something, I guess, it's an adjustment period, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So when you started practicing, mm -hmm. which was 2017? 2016. Oh, no, uh, 2017, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, what was, when you got a, your first job, what were you looking for? Were you just looking for a job? Um, Did you know what you wanted in, I, in a practice at that point in time? To what I know now, it's... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I made some big mistakes for sure. Um, but it kind of... You learn from your mistakes. So the clinic that I was at, it was one of those 15-minute models. You see a patient every 15 minutes. Then you, you work with them for a bit, and then you're handed off to an assistant to do the exercises. Um, and I had some, I had some really good mentors at that point. Like I, I knew really not much, like, mm. um, even manual wise, I was just like, yeah, like, uh, okay. Yeah. That's pretty much every new physio, by the way, everyone comes out thinking like, oh, I graduated and then you get there and you're like, holy crap, yeah. I did nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. um, I did like a fair bit of research on exercise based stuff and I was really into that. Um, and when I came back as well, I was working as an assistant because I was going through the whole process of my, the papers and doing the exam. So I was able to pick up a little bit working as assistant with the exercises, which I found to be quite helpful. For sure. Um, but once I was in the thick of it, yeah, like uh, day one, I was like, I don't even know what I'm doing. Uh, <laughs> but um, in that that specific model, it, it was not a good model at all. People would be forced to come three times a week. Yeah. The owner like said these people have to come three times a week, um, which which was really sad. And they're coming for f fifteen minutes with you, and you can't do much in fifteen minutes. Like yeah. especially when you don't know what you're doing yet. Exactly. It's not even time to figure stuff out. Yeah, and uh, assessments, half an hour assessments. Yeah. And they're expecting a treatment in that time period. So basically, you have fifteen minutes to assess, fifteen minutes to treat on day one. So you're not learning the detailed aspect of it all. Um, were you aware of that at the time? Like, were you aware that you're like, this sucks? Or did you think that was how it always worked here? Like, what were your, what were you thinking? What was the internal dialogue at that point in time? I, th I thought that I wasn't good enough. So me taking a little bit longer to try to figure stuff out and kind of falling a bit behind was me thinking that, yeah, I'm just not good enough yet. And like these people are, you should be able to be treating at this level and getting people better. Um, but what I know now is completely different from that. And it's just that clinic and a lot of clinics like that are just businesses yeah. where they're just trying to scam the system. Unfortunately, people are not getting better. But at the end of the day, their reputation is on the line. So um, I think what I'm seeing now is a huge change from that 15 minute model and things are getting a little bit better. But yeah. So, I mean, it's been, it's been, let's say three years or close to it, two and a half to three years. Mm -hmm. What makes you feel like things are changing? Is it just that you're no longer in that environment or would you say that as a whole, we're actually starting to make progress in, because there's the industry as a whole, which I think is moving forward, but places like that, yeah. are you as confident that they're making changes as well? Um, I think they're forced to because people are picking up on, well, people are talking to other people about physio or they're not seeing the results of getting better. So like people are dumb if they're not getting better they're gonna one try to find someone else or completely disregard physio and try maybe go for surgery if that's what they needed to do if that's what their doctor's telling them to do or yeah try a chiro go 
with an RMT, whatever it is. But um, I think a lot of it comes down to, yeah, people aren't getting better. So they're trying new things. Yeah, well, I mean, that's kind of always what I imagined with Endeavor. I imagine that um, there are a lot of groups and practice practices all over the place that had a certain way of doing things and they were stuck in it for a long time. But my hope was that if I can't convince them now, which I have no capability of doing, mm-hmm. if I could set the standard or start to move towards a better standard of treatment and approach the body and results and attention to detail and attention to the patient and mm-hmm. building meaningful relationships, then hopefully more would have no choice but to follow in suit because we were taking more and more market share now. The problem is there's millions of people in this city and billions of people around the world, so there's lots of... Uh, people who need treatment, the advantage of that from for our standpoint is we can continue to grow. The disadvantage is that there always will be some people who just don't know and as a result they're going to end up in places that maybe don't have truly their, uh, the patient's interest in mind, right? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. It's kind of an interesting thing we have to kind of, <clears throat> we, we have to think about in the kind of the big picture as we go along. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think n- now having the ability to have like an hour appointments and looking back when I first started, it's like I was missing so much stuff. Um, and when people got better, when they got better, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm figuring this out. But looking back, I'm like, I had, <laughs> that was just pure luck. Like, <laughs> so, um, and I, I think still a lot of therapists now are, have a lot have great understanding but within that time frame you're just you're just not given the ability to fully understand someone and their issue i think that what happens a lot is the idea that when you do get lucky you don't know you're lucky you Mm -hmm. think you have it figured out yeah you pat yourself on the back and you say i did an awesome job today i got the result that i was looking for i got the patient better whether they're gonna be back worse next week and they decide to go somewhere else because you actually couldn't help them or not is a different story. Mm-hmm. Um, but you feel a lot of times like you were the one who fixed them mm-hmm. and you knew what you were doing and you got it solved. If you're not careful, that becomes a confirmation bias. And pretty soon you believe that everything you're doing is right. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people um, will then therefore go the other direction and say, well, since we don't know anything we need to do the most basic stuff, which might be more exercise-based training, which mm-hmm. isn't bad for patients and is definitely needed. But the way we can combat that confirmation bias is by actually uh, caring more about curiosity than about whether we were right. And if we focus on truly understanding it so deeply that we know I can predict the results every single time, not just when I feel like it, then the result is you're not confirming that you're right you're just solving a problem in your head so that the next time you can solve it more effectively. You're actually learning rather than proving to yourself that you're right. And if you can accomplish that, then you don't need to settle for the lowest common denominator treatment. You've actually developed a skill and an experience and a set of skills that will actually allow you to accomplish accomplish treating someone at a higher level more effectively without just that bare minimum. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where, for me, that's where I really try to head with a lot of this stuff is... Um, if I can focus my treatment on trying to understand the actual problem rather than just focusing on whether or not their pain goes from a seven to a four, if I can understand it, predict it, treat it a small area of it, see the consistent results, be able to do it again in the future, be able to do it with a different type of patient, 
then I'm actually developing my ability to understand any problem. And so I'm actually getting much closer to this pinnacle of, um, of being able to have anyone come in the door, know the problem, and give them the best treatment available. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we should all strive towards. I think there's just a lot of people who stop because they're tired or bored or don't know any better. Mm-hmm. They're just going through the motions. Like you see a shoulder and you just do your, your shoulder routine. Um, so, yeah, having that understanding has has completely changed the way I treat and understand how people move and like understanding like where the restrictions are coming from and understanding that why why they have that pain um is has completely changed the game for me so well so let's let's go back then so you're practicing <laughs> it's been what let's say it's been year a year or so mm-hmm. and then uh you came in here and interviewed for yeah. the job <laughs> yeah. and i i like sharing the story i hope you don't mind no, no. Um, but you came in and you had, you were motivated. You were, I think you'd already signed up for the McMaster acupuncture course at the time. Yeah. Yeah. And you came in with something that I probably would have had at the same point in time, which was this kind of like, um, I would, I wanted to call it like misguided ambition. It was like, you knew that you wanted to be great and you, um, had kind of gone through the steps where you'd been lucky several times and thought you knew what you were talking about and you had these great plans which showed that you actually cared and really wanted to be great at what you did but there was still this like piece of like he doesn't know what he doesn't know yet mm-hmm. and at the time I ended up picking somebody else who was a uh, you know wasn't the best decision on, on my my behalf at the time unrelated to you um, but I I was hoping that over the course of the master program that you would realize what you didn't know and um, and move to a kind of a, a better place and be able to apply that ambition in a much more uh, meaningful and long-term growth kind of perspective. Mm-hmm. What what do you remember about that time and then how things changed over the next few months? Um, yeah, it was, it was interesting. Yeah, I came in here thinking that I knew exactly what I wanted and what my goals were. And then, <clears throat> yeah, I took the course and I saw Alejandro Tree and I'm like, <laughs> wow okay <laughs> um so day after day one yeah i was kind of blown away and uh, the effect of what the acupuncture can do um and then yeah after going through it and and hearing his lectures and understanding that you need to invest in yourself and take time to to learn these skills and understand how to use them appropriately um completely changed my outlook and made me realize that I was not ready to even like I thought that I wanted to open a clinic right away and or very soon and I knew that okay if I was to do that where I am right now it'd probably be one of the worst clinics in Toronto so um I think that kind of opened my eyes on on how poor of a practitioner I was at that time um and then it, it made me want to definitely learn and understand how to use the, these tools and have an understanding of how the body moves and how it works. And, um, yeah, that's what it kind of completely changed my mindset after that. Yeah. So I remember that cause you know, one of the questions I asked was some, something along the lines of like, where do you see yourself in 
five years or 10 years. It was less specific, but it was like, you know, where is, where's this headed? What are you working towards? Mm-hmm. And yeah, you had these plans of like, in the next year, I want to have a clinic and then I want to have this and I want to be able to accomplish these things. And, and, uh, and I was like, okay, well, this was part of that misguided mm-hmm. ambition that I saw in you. And then when you came back in, the, the person I hired didn't work out. You come back in and end of November or something, you'd pretty much finished the, the math course at the time. And I was like, so like, you know, basically I asked the same question. <laughs> I was like, where are you headed? And you're like, I don't know, man. I have no clue. I just know I have a lot to learn and I just need to figure it out. And I would say that that was one of the more dramatic shifts that I've ever seen in somebody in such a short period of time. And I highlight what you just said earlier, which was you really went from knowing you knew stuff to knowing what you didn't know. And because you still had that ambition and that character, mm-hmm. you were still so focused on long-term growth that you were willing to say, okay, I just need to learn and I want to be in an environment where I can do that. And, and that, that I really admire that characteristic. There's not a lot of people who are willing to change so quickly, especially to somebody who had seen you at that previous stage mm-hmm. who was in a senior position. It's very easy for you to say that to your friends or your family, yeah, I got a lot more to learn. Yeah. But it's difficult for you to be like, hey, man, I came in here thinking I was hot shit. I'm not anymore, and this is what I'm prepared to do. Um, that's Not a lot of people have that characteristic. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I just I don't like not knowing things <laughs> and being bad at something. So um, Amen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work, work my ass off to kind of be the best I can be. So, um, yeah, I knew like having the opportunity to work with you as well is, was probably the biggest opportunity, and yeah. over the past year now it's been unreal so thanks for all your help but um it's yeah it's been a huge change well so let's let's move on to that so you started here basically a year ago like almost to the day yeah yeah. um what was that like experience like in the first couple months because it took a little bit of time to build a caseload you're in a completely new environment you're going from 15 to 30 minute treatment times to an hour like what and then obviously there's the model, right? You're using acupuncture in that environment for the first time. Like, talk to me about the first couple of months. Was that overwhelming? Was it difficult? What What did you experience? Uh, yeah, it was tough. Um, just having not a clear insight of how the acupuncture technique worked and understanding the assessment techniques that we, we use now and understanding how the body moves. There's, there's a lot of gaps. So when I would see a patient, like I, I knew, I knew on paper how it works and I can explain that and and get people to understand it as well. But I think it's actually doing, doing the task and, and showing results to them that that was quite difficult because, um, I, I fully didn't understand it yet and it took time. Um, and over the past year or so, I've been trying to read as much as I could and kind of understand it and practice on so many different people friends whoever if anybody was hurt like I was I was there treating them for free just so I can get another like touch and um I think I think that has definitely helped and along with having you and your your office open anytime I would just I would have tons of questions for you or I'd, I'd build up in my head all these different things I needed to kind of work towards and practice on so doing all that i think has allowed me to become a completely different practitioner in that period of time um is there is there like one particular moment that comes to the top of your head like one 
conversation or one um, patient scenario or one uh, yeah, yeah, discussion that we had about a certain topic or something I said that just resonated with you? Is there anything in the last year that you're like, that one I will never forget or that one changed the trajectory of what it was doing or just filled all these holes all at one time? Yeah, I think there's actually quite a few, but I think the biggest one for me where it was like a big light bulb was when we were talking about uh, treating to understand. That was probably the most important thing to me um, because it's it's easy to be like, okay, you have pain associated with this nerve or these structures and we're just going to focus on the local and see what happens and it's not better than be like okay why isn't it better or just throw them on throw just needles kind of yeah locally shotgun approach right yeah exactly um there was there wasn't a lot of thinking involved and i think that was me coming out of what i used to know doing going through the motions and oh it's a shoulder we're doing shoulder shoulder stuff so um actually sitting down one understanding their background a whole lot more um, and kind of understanding why they have the pain. I think that was super helpful as well. But, and then using the acupuncture techniques to actually understand and see what changes that we can make um, one needle at a time or one... Region? Yeah, one, yeah, exactly. So I think that was the big, big moment. And I think I've just, every time I treat, I'm, I'm in my head, I'm always thinking like, I'm trying to understand. So I think that was the biggest thing. For me. Yeah. yeah, that's really cool. I remember that conversation really well as well because I that was the first time I'd verbalized that treat to treat versus treat to understand. Yeah. I had that concept generally in my head and I'd been doing that for a long period of time. But it was that conversation that I remember saying, if you're just treating to treat, well, you know, you maybe get results, maybe you don't. But then if they come back and they're not better, what are you going to do? Instead, if you treat to understand, then you'll have an understanding, you'll have a clear plan, you'll know what does and doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And I remember writing on a little sticky note, treat to understand. I kept it on my desk for quite a while um, as I was kind of, until eventually it was just stuck in my head. But it was at that moment that I started to realize, okay, this is what separates the way I've been approaching the body from the way that most practitioners work with the body. Mm-hmm. They go to treat because my goal is to get this person out of pain my goal is to get them out of pain as well but it's also matched and paralleled by this goal of understanding the problem better knowing that if i understand it better then i can treat it better now and going forwards and for the next patient that comes through the door Mm -hmm. so it was this big revelation to me that this was the simplest way to explain a concept that i've been actually implementing for a long period of time yeah yeah that was that was a huge huge moment for me um Yeah. So, <laughs> so, all right. So here we are. It's been a year now. You've had all these improvements in all these different areas. You got a lot more to go, obviously. Yeah. What is your, like, what do you have planned? Like, what are the areas, not the specific spots, but what types of things are you hoping to improve upon in, this, in the year? That's a good question. Um, yeah, I feel, I feel like right now I've, I've definitely come quite a long way and I have a much, much better understanding of the body there's definitely i'm sure there there's there's holes along the way but sometimes you don't realize that until that one person comes in and they're not getting better and you're you go back and you're like okay why what what am i missing here um so i think i i still get them from time to time like i'm i'm not 
100% every time I see someone. I'm still learning. Hmm. Um, so I think the biggest thing for me is... Yeah, it's uh, yeah, that's a tough one. <laughs> right. You don't have to have an answer right now. Yeah. It's just interesting to... to kind of reflect on that there's not always something right in front of you i want to learn this technique or get better at this part of assessment like you don't always have those things right. and it might be you know a conversation we have a little bit later today or a patient who comes in tomorrow and you're like oh yeah i gotta work on this thing so it doesn't have to be on the top of your head every single time because mm -hmm. you can't work on that shoulder problem when all of your patients happen to be lower body injuries over the yeah, next exactly. month yeah. so you don't always have control over that um i was just wondering if there was something off the top of your head that kind of came to mind but it's cool if it, it's cool if it doesn't it's just yeah. i think this time of year, right? Beginning of the new year, everyone's got little things that they're specifically trying to work on. So I guess I was kind of asking in that in that vein, but I don't think there's anything you need. I don't think you need to have a specific thing you are constantly working on. I think it just happens when a patient comes in and you're missing a piece of the puzzle, mm -hmm. and you're trying to um, implement it a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's just to right now not fall back into some lazy lazy techniques and just kind of again, yeah, that yeah. shotgun approach, right? Yeah. Um, it's, it's always thinking about, okay, you need to have some systematic approach towards it and think it out. And I think I'm, I'm definitely getting better at that, but sometimes like you, you, it's just natural sometimes to just go falling into that. You think you know what the issue is. Okay, I'm just going to do my regular thing. And then they come back and they're like, not better. Yeah. And you're like, oh. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, damn it. I knew it. I did it again. I forgot to focus on. Yeah. So big picture. I think uh, probably probably something like that yeah. right now. Um, what about predictions? Like, do you make a point of guessing, maybe even to yourself within a session, what's going to happen? Yeah, I think I'm I'm definitely always guessing. Um, but like like making you know to be like, I think that this range of motion or this strength or this movement pattern is going to improve based on what I'm doing now. Yeah, uh, and I think that, yeah, definitely. It comes back to experience as well, right? Like you'll see a similar patient with similar symptoms, similar history, and you're like, okay, yeah, I've seen this before. Um, so hitting a sp certain area, um, you're expecting a change. So uh, I'm definitely building more, more of those in my head, more of those blueprints, I guess. But again, like not everyone's the same. Um, or you might think somebody's very similar to a past patient of yours and you're just quick to jump the gun and be like, okay, yeah, I know, I know what to do, but you skipped over a lot of their history and you missed out on a lot. And I think that can definitely happen quite a bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's always a nice kind of refresher. I know like they're not getting better, but after that first treatment where you jump the gun, but you're like, okay, let's go back to the drawing board. And I think that's going to help get me continuing to get better. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think you're, I think you're totally right on that. Um, all right, well, let's, let's start wrapping this up. I think we do want to do another, uh, like a part two kind of thing mm -hmm. where we'll, we'll go over some different, um, case kind of scenarios and, and kind of questions that you have, but sure. I do want to kind of wrap up with a, a more kind of back to the profession kind of realm thing right. um compare like some friends and colleagues that you know and and uh, are you know close with so um what do you find there like where are they at this point in their career relative to you um people that have done the math course or haven't both both 
Yeah, I mean... It's obviously based on your experience, right? You don't know what they're... You're not standing over them day to day. No, but I think when... Okay, say if I sit down with a friend who is also a physio and who hasn't done the MAC course, and we we can talk about patients and stuff, I think we're in two totally different headspaces. I'm understanding, like, the nervous system better um, and thinking about that kind of realm while conversations have led to be, like, more about the structure or the picture of the MRI and stuff like that where it's we're on two kind of different spectrums almost um and like what they do is great like they're really great therapists and great manual skills great great exercise approach as well and um people do get better with them but i think yeah i i it's it's there. I think, in my opinion, from what I know now, they're they're definitely missing a huge, huge aspect of it all. Mm-hmm. And to um, to have a conversation with them, and it's it's difficult because you might mention a certain nerve or a certain structure, and they're just like, in their minds, it's not important to them. Yeah. So I think, I think that's probably one of the biggest things that I've noticed when yeah. talking to closer friends and stuff, and. Um, I guess that was you, like not too long ago. That yeah. you know, if yeah. we go back two years, you couldn't have a conversation with yourself from two years ago, other yeah. than to say, you know, there's a lot of things you got to keep learning, buddy. Like keep keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, all right, weird question here. If you're gonna go back to that Brendan from two years ago, yeah. like how do you think you would have been successful at convincing him to um, get to where he is now, or would that be something that just he just had to figure out on his own? I guess, you know, I, I think I would be more of an open person. I think some, some days, maybe not some days. Yeah. But <laughs> depends if um, you had a couple of lucky patients in a row. Yeah. I mean, or... I mean, when I was like about to take the, or didn't know much about the Mac course, yeah. um, having someone kind of explain it a little bit to me, I was like, okay, yeah, this is interesting. I mean, it's a fair bit of money coming out of school, but, um, it was it was worth worth the risk, and I think me even just taking that kind of jump to to take the course without knowing what I know now yeah. was probably a good sign that I was I was open to new things. But so I think I think the conversation would have probably went well. But who knows? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's just an interesting question, right? Because mm-hmm. I think we we want to encourage people to move into this direction of seeing the big picture of seeing the neurometabolic stuff in addition to the structural and the biomechanical to um, having a clear strategy when they're approaching a patient from a subjective and an objective standpoint, from a reassessment standpoint, from a treatment time standpoint. Um, And so how to encourage people or to uh, bring them to the side where they are able to integrate all these skills that they have or would like to have uh, and put them into a practice scenario for them. Uh, it's something that's it's it's on my mind constantly and trying right. to figure out how to do that. So I'm always asking people about that. Yeah, it's it's tough because, like you said, they they don't know what they don't know. Yeah. Well, it's one one step at a time. We're hopefully going to spread the word. And and like we said, if we go back to what we talked about the clinic models changing, then uh, then I think we we can hope and, and already starting to see some changes that the practice models are changing as well. And I think mm-hmm. that's something we should be uh, proud of uh, and continue to try to foster. Especially.